Welcome back to Smart Poker Study. My name is Sky Matsuhashi, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. So I'm super excited about today's podcast episode because I finally get to teach you the top six things that I wish I knew at the start of my poker journey. Plus, I'm going to give you free resources to learn each of these things quickly for yourself. Now, you can watch this episode as a video with a slideshow, images, Flopzilla Pro, uh, hand history reviews, my shining face. You can see me do everything at smartpokerstudy.com slash YouTube 413. And if you want help taking notes with what you learned in the episode, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 413. Okay, without further ado, we're doing this. Gambate! 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So I'll admit it. It took me many years to become a profitable online poker player. A ton of study, a ton of time playing, but there are six important lessons that I learned that really propelled me to success in online poker. And in this episode, I'm going to give you those six items as well as some free resources to help you learn them for yourself. Gambate! So I'm going to go through the six items one at a time, starting with the most important and then work my way down the list. If you don't already know or do the first thing, get to it. Learn all you can about it with the free resource I'm going to give you. Learn number one first, get comfortable with it, see some positive effects, and then move on to number two and so on. And before I forget, if you're not already subscribed, please do so. That helps the channel grow and I appreciate it. All right. The first thing that I wish I knew at the start of my poker journey was the power of taking action. Here's a big mistake that I made. I was all about consumption and no action and no practice. I would read book after book after book, watch YouTube video after YouTube video, never actually putting into practice the things that I was learning. Action is the greatest teacher. You need to drill this over and over in poker and actually in life. Life drills this into you, right? You have a job. Everything that you do in your job, you probably learned it on the job when you first got hired that first week. Your trainer took you through all of the steps, right? In sports, basketball players, you're constantly dribbling all the time. Your coach uh, has you practice dribbling, uh, dribbling drills, passing drills, shooting drills, free throw drills. Repetitive action is what's going to really teach you those skills that you need to succeed. When it comes to poker, learn something, do something is my motto. Kind of coincides, not kind of, definitely coincides with action is the greatest teacher. Every time you learn something from a book, a video, a podcast, put it to use in game. For example, maybe one of your coaches, a video you watched, told you that to see bet bluff, on those hard-to-hit boards. Now, that's easy to say and easy to remember, but do you know what those hard-to-hit boards are? Do you know what to look for to help you bluff more successfully on flops? Well, a good strategy to help you learn this would be learn good flops to bluff on with Flopzilla Pro. For example, your opponent calls your open raise with a 30% calling range. Look at this. Uh, King 6-4 rainbow board. Your opponent's 30% calling range hits this only 85% with top pair or better and open-ended straight draws. Awesome. If they only continue with the best hands, they're folding 85% of the time. In Flopzilla Pro, let's hit the random button. Okay, 8-6-3 with two clubs. They only hit this 24% of the time. That means they're folding 
76%. Pretty good board to be bluffing on. Oh, the king five deuce with a couple of spades. They hit this one 20% of the time. What an awesome board to bluff on as well, right? What you want to do using Flopzilla Pro or whatever study uh, uh, Equilab, you know, equity calculator you use, take notes on all the different flops that are good for bluffing and then use those notes in game. Have your journal open. Look for those specific flops to be bluffing on. And to give you a free resource, episode 412, which was last week's episode, it was called Learn Something, Do Something. I teach you all about putting to use what you learn during your study time. You can get it at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 412 or the link in the description down below. So the second thing I wish I knew at the start of my journey was the power of hand reading. My big mistake, and maybe many of you make the same mistake, especially when you started playing poker, was just playing my cards and the board. I was dealt jack-10 suited. Great, I can hit flushes, I can hit straights, I call preflop. Didn't think about anything else other than those factors. Well, hand reading is what taught me to think about more than just my whole cards. Hand reading reminds me of a quote from Arthur Conan Doyle. When you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And this is the basis of hand reading. You start first by assigning a preflop range of hands based on their play and the relevant information. What do you know about the player? What's their stack size? What's the bet size? What are their HUD stats? What position are they in? All that stuff to build that range of hands that they can possibly have right now. Then the next step is narrow that range through the streets based on further actions and more information post-flop. The idea is that this narrowed range gives us a great read on their overall strength. Now we can make exploitative plays to uh, to exploit their our, our read on their hand strength. So here's an example hand. Pocket tens where I'm debating calling on the river. Under the gun folds, I open raising the cutoff to three big blinds with pocket tens. Button folds, small blind folds, big blind chooses to call. Kind of a tight aggressive player, almost loose aggressive right here, but he did not three bet. So I can eliminate queens or better, maybe ace king from his range. And he just called. So a lot of broadways, a lot of suited aces, off suit aces, pocket pair, suited connectors, maybe some suited gappers, maybe even like jack nine suited, things like that, right? Flop comes down king, three, four, two diamonds. And I have the pocket tens with the 10 of diamonds. He checks and I check behind to pot control. The turn comes another king of spades. So it's king, king, three, four with two diamonds. He now decides to bet out. Now thinking about the possible hands that he's betting right here, ace highs are betting, pocket nines, pocket sixes are betting on the two king board, right? Um, A couple of diamonds, uh, ace five for a gut shot with the overcard ace. Those are betting as well. He could have a king, king, queen, king, jack, maybe even like king seven suited. But against his entire range of hands that are betting here, my pocket tens definitely are good enough to be making the call. So I call. The river is a 12.5 big blind pot, and it comes a five of clubs, making the final board 4-3, king, king, five, with only two diamonds on it. No flush got completed. He bets on the river. Now, the interesting thing is he sizes bet now to less than half pot. That absolutely means weakness. He bet half pot on the turn when the second king came. I'm not going to be scared on the five. 
If he has a king, he should be betting half pot or more to try to get value out of me on non-scare river. So I don't think he has a king. I decide to call with my pocket tens and he shows nine eight of diamonds for the flopped flush draw and then uh, missed on the turn and then bluffed on the river. And I snapped him off. I didn't see monsters under the bed. That's one of the things that hand reading helps you do. You realize as the hand plays out, he does not have a king here. My tens are most likely good. Now, to help you start your hand reading journey, free resource for you, my preflop ranges cheat sheets. Go to smartpokerstudy.com slash range cheat sheets or click the link in the description down below. These are going to help you visualize your opponent's preflop range. So the third thing I wish I knew at the start of my poker journey was the power of measuring stats and win rates. Here's my mistake. I was ignoring my stats and win rates for years, and that leads to an unhealthy poker business. Just think about any business. You need to know where you're making your money so you can do more of that to make more money. You need to know where you're losing money so you can do less of that to save money. Now, you can only improve what you measure. This holds true for business and for poker. Your statistics reveal three things. Number one, the player that you are. Number two, your likely leaks. And number three, how they can exploit you based on your tendencies, which your statistics reveal. Here's an example of some of my students' numbers, right? The first time he sent me his numbers, his C-bet on the flop was 72%. On the turn, it was 31%. Super turn-honest player. And we all know how to exploit those turn-honest players. And we'll do it later in this video here. After I gave him some feedback, told him some strategies, gave him some items to study, he decreased that gap. 73% C-bet on the flop, then 50 on the turn closing the gap, less turn honest. Ultimately, or the third time he sent me his numbers, his C-bet on the flop was 65. He was working on the strategy the whole time. C-bet on the flop was 65. On the turn was now 53. Closed that gap even more, much less of a turn honest player. And his playing results have improved for that. Speaking of results, your results reveal where you're earning and losing money. Let's look at my student right here. When he three bets, he makes positive 473 big blinds per 100 hands. So every time on average, when he three bets, he's earning 4.73. When he first sent me his numbers, when he two bets and then calls a three bet, he loses 524 big blinds per 100 hands. He loses 5.24 big blinds every time he calls that three bet on average. And you can see the difference there. When he saw these numbers, he was shocked at how much he's making or how much he's earning when he makes three bets, and how much he loses when he's calling three bets, right? So we discussed a ton of strategies, and as you can see, he improved his numbers absolutely right there. Uh, the next time we met, he was positive 78 when calling three bets. The third time we met, it was negative 167. Not the worst, you know, it was much better than the negative 524 win rate it was before, but he really improved his strategies, and he's a much more profitable player now. To help you measure your own stats and win rates, I have a free resource called the 41 Stats and Win Rates Tracker. You can get it by going to episode 320, so smartpokerstudy.com slash pod320, or the link in the description down below. So thing number four that I wish I knew at the start of my journey was the power of playing the player. My mistake was failing to adjust based on my opponent for maximal exploits and profits. Here's a great quote. Everybody knows Sun Tzu, right? 
The opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. You must play differently based on the opponents that you're up against. On a day-to-day, even a table-by-table basis, if you play online, you have four different tables going on, your opponents are going to be different. Your general strategy on each table may change based on those players. Actually, I I should say that it should change based on the players. If they're all tight on the table, you should play loose in general. Try to steal a lot of pots from these folders. If they're loose, Play a little bit tighter, get to the flop with tighter ranges to give you that mathematical advantage over your opponents. Now, here's an example hand where I three bet bluff with five four suited. Now, most people would say five four suited. Why would you ever do that? Let me show you why. In this hand right here, five four suited on the button, under the gun folds, MP player open raises to just 2.4 big blinds, has a full stack right there. He folds to three bets so far 100%, one out of one. He also folds to C bets 100%, it's one out of one once again. But he's in the MP with a small bet size. The cutoff player folds, now it's on me. I could choose to call if I want, but calling really is hopeful poker. I try to be as aggressive as often as is profitable. And when I have a good player to target right here, he's a 22-16, kind of like a tight aggressive player. What a great one to just experiment with a little three-bet bluff. Try to take it down now instead of calling and hoping to hit on the flop. Or instead of calling and and facing a potential three-bet afterwards, right? So... I three bet to nine big blinds. Everybody folds. I take it down. I win a simple 3.8 big blinds without even having to see the flop. Love the results of this hand right here. So a free resource for you, um, a poker podcast called How to Spot and Exploit the Four Common Poker Player Types. You can check it out by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 289 or the link in the description below. So the fifth thing that I wish I knew when I started my journey was the power of preflop ranges. Here was my mistake. Just not using ranges for years. Every time I was dealt a hand, I would have to think, oh, is this worthy of playing? Can I call? Can I open raise? Can I three bet? Should I limp right here? I don't know. Ranges take away all that guesswork, right? Ranges give you more time to factor other bits of information. A critical idea about ranges. Oh, right here, if you're watching the video on YouTube as opposed to the podcast, one of my students, Brian Esser, actually printed up the Kiss Cash game ranges, framed them, put them above his computer monitor. So as he's playing, boom, looks up, there's the ranges. He knows what to do. Now, like I said, ranges give you more time to factor other bits of information. Because the ranges were mathematically created by whatever coach created them to give you an advantage over your opponents, you know that the hands in the ranges are positive EV. They're going to be profitable in the long run. This gives you more time to consider the players, the stacks, the statistics, the positions uh, to give you a, a better read on the table, on the situation to help you enter profitable uh, hands. Tight ranges give you that mathematical advantage, which makes it more likely to earn profits, especially in the micro and the low stakes, right? And over time, as you become a profitable player, you learn to use the ranges. You learn when to deviate from the ranges. You can start to widen your ranges over time with that bit of experience, right? Let me show you an example with Flopzilla Pro, a tight range versus a loose range. All right, so on the screen, we could see that original calling range we used in one of the prior items, uh, that 30% calling range versus a 15% range. So just imagine if you on average only play 15% of hands versus this 30% range, you have 59% preflop equity. 
um, over there, 41%. That's an 18% mathematical advantage that you have over this player in the long run. Let's go ahead with this first range. Let's just incorporate the strongest hands now. So now this player is playing a 33% range against your, on average, 15% range, right? If you're a tight versus a loose player, you have 57% equity versus their 43%. That's a 14% mathematical advantage that you have over them. And even the best players are going to find it really difficult in the long run to overcome that 14% mathematical disadvantage that their wider range gives them. To help you, I have a free resource called the Kiss Cash Game Ranges, obviously. You can get it by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 344. Let me show you what they look like. The first page has some directions on how to use the ranges. And then the second page, boom, all of the ranges, your open raising ranges, your calling ranges, your three betting ranges, your three bet calling ranges, right? Everything that you need to play profitable pre-flop poker. All right, we've made it. Number six, I wish I knew the power of HUD use at the start of my poker journey. Now, here's my big mistake. I was seeing the HUD, like I've been using Poker Tracker 3 since 2006 or 7, somewhere around there, right? I was seeing the HUD for years, but I was not using it. I failed to really make heads or tails of all these numbers on the screen in front of me, right? The key idea here is information is power. Your HUD is like a friend at the poker table telling you the other player's tendencies. Imagine you're playing live. You got Bob over there on your table, Susie over there on your table, but your friend's whispering in your ear. Your friend says, hey, Bob three bet bluffs, mostly from the small blind. If he three bets anywhere else, it's for value. Bing! What a great way, what a great understanding of Bob to help you exploit him, right? What if your friend also tells you, hey, Susie only C bets with top pair or better. Another exploit. You know exactly what to do against Susie when she C-bets on the flop, right? Loving this extra information that your friend's giving you. Your HUD is your friend at the poker table. Let's go through an example hand where we have pocket eights. We're calling a flop C-bet from a turn honest player. And if you remember before, we were going to see a hand against a turn honest player. So under the gun, 21 slash 16 open raises. Cutoff folds. We're on the button with pocket eights. Now, of course, calling here, basically a no-brainer, especially if we don't think the blinds are going to three-bet. We got pocket eights. We're in position. We're going to try to set mine. If he checks to us, we can bet. Well, that basic play, betting when he checks, this is the perfect player to do that against. He C-bets the flop 71%. This is worse than my student. He's more turn honest than that student I talked to you about earlier. C-bets the flop at 71%. C-bets the turn at 17%. He only double barrels with the goods. So if we miss our set, even if that board comes ace-king-queen, like a really ugly board for pocket aces, if he bets the flop, we're going to call. And we're going to bet as soon as he checks on the turn. Let's see what happens. We call three big blinds. Everyone else folds. The pot on the flop is 7.5. The flop comes queen-queen-10 rainbow. We've got our pocket eights. Um, now this player only bets one third pot already. That's a great sign. That's total weakness. It, it could be trying to get value with his pocket aces with his ace queen on the queen, queen, 10 board could be that, but I read total weakness into that bet size. So we call with our plan of betting. If he checks the turn, the turn comes a four. So the board is queen, queen, 10, four. We've got our pocket eights. 
he checks to us. He fell right into our trap, right? So we decide to bet. Now, we're betting here potentially for value. He might call with ace high, with king high right here. He could call with pocket fives, not believing that we have a queen at this point, right? We're potentially getting value, but we're also charging him if he has any over cards because on the queen, queen, 10, four board on the river, we don't want to check and let him see a free ace, a king, a jack, a 10, a nine to beat our pocket eights, right? If he wants to stay in with an unpaired hand, something worse than our pocket eights, we're going to charge him for that. So we bet and he folds. What a great result. Didn't have to show our hand. We could have had anything. We could have deuce three offsuit right now. And we took this bad boy down because we spotted that tendency, that turn honest tendency from this player. And the HUD helped us spot it. The free resource, top 10 poker HUD stats cheat sheet. You can get it by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash top 10 HUD stats. All one word, the number 10, top 10 HUD stats and link in the description down below. And let me show you what those look like real quick. The first page has some instructions for you. And then starting on page two, I have the top 10 HUD stats, VPIP, PFR, the gap between the two, raise first in, three bet, two bet, and then fold to three bet, attempt to steal, fold to steal, C bet. Oh, live amount big blinds, which is great for tournament players, of course. C bet flop and then fold to flop C bet as well. All the most important, most useful, all the most the, the quickest to accumulate stats that help you make great reads and great exploits on your opponents. Alrighty, go to the show notes page to help you take notes on the six things I mentioned, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 413. And of course, check out my YouTube channel and this video in particular at smartpokerstudy.com slash YouTube 413. There's still a couple months remaining in 2022 for you to make this the best poker year ever. Join the pokerforge.com nine masterclass courses. You're going to learn everything you need to know to become the player that you want to be. Once again, the pokerforge.com. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be. Mm-hmm.